I took a left on Fulton toward Alamo Square, walking down to Visadero, coming from the Fillmore. Not in the mood to hike an urban mountain en route to Hayes Valley, I took a detour across a diagonal gravel path that cuts through the small park that is Alamo Square. Hill management is a skill I've acquired over the year I've spent in San Francisco. I was avoiding the steep hill on Hay Street that is east of Divisadero. Timothy, a former childhood neighbor and surrogate older brother, who's known me since I was in diapers, had invited me over for dinner with him and his wife, Miki, at their Hayes Valley apartment. I was eager to talk to him in person. I wanted to get clarification on romantic wisdom he'd relayed in an email. The best advice anyone can give you is to be yourself, he wrote. Don't force things. As soon as you stop caring, that's when you'll meet someone. Because you won't be pretending, you'll just be. And that's the most attractive feature you have. The more you stress over it, the less likely it will happen. The first date I ever had with a man came not a month into my residence of San Francisco, almost exactly a year to the day. As a man of 25, without any dating or relationship experience, I had a lot of catching up to do. Over the past year, I'd been a fast study on first dates, but not relationships. Over 20 men, two kisses, a short fling, and a year later, I was a pro at procuring dates from dating websites and finding common ground and chemistry over coffee or a beer. But my success at developing relationships was severely lacking. I looked to family and friends for advice now that I was finally openly seeking out a partner. Everyone's words of wisdom proved useful at one turn or another. However, I found many times where I could not quite piece together all the advice that was given into one cohesive strategy. It's felt all the more difficult because I'm not discernibly gay in my personality or external qualities nor are the guys that I tend to be attracted to. In the sexually segregated society that we live in, I feel my options are far more limited than heterosexuals or more stereotypical homosexuals. At the bottom corner of Alamo Square, where Hayes and Steiner meet, I passed an SF Chronicle distribution machine. It displayed the paper with the day's headline, Obama first sitting president to support gay marriage. I then glanced back, getting one last glimpse at Alamo Square. The view of Victorian homes and city skyline parallel to the park were featured in the opening credits to the 90s Uber PC sitcom Full House. I've always defined convenient ending monologues that wrap up stories as Danny Tanner moments. That term came from my friend Ash, but I've long thought about the idea of it. 
Danny Tanner, the father in the show, played by an overtly sentimental and goofy Bob Saget, sums up at the end of each episode with one long thought, the moral of each character's story. The sitting presidents when the show aired were H.W. Bush and Clinton, respectively. Their stances on same-sex romance mirrored society's discomfort and disapproval. Time had evolved the country, and now much of the disapproval had faded, but the general discomfort had not. This still left me feeling stranded. We first met at the Hyatt Regency at the Embarcadero. You know, across from the ferry building, Timothy began. I was 20 and still going to film school at the Academy of Arts and Sciences. I'd actually given up on finding a girlfriend at that point. I brought a forkful of Miki's Japanese curry and rice up to my mouth, latched on to Timothy's every word. After many breakups, I just didn't believe I'd find anything worthwhile, ever. Anyway, once a week I'd walk from the campus over to the Hyatt and have lunch there. For a couple weeks in a row, I saw this cute girl off in the corner, sitting at a table taking lessons of some sort. I looked at Miki and asked, what were you doing there each week? Uh, she had to think for a minute. Oh, I was there for broadcast lessons. Timothy continued. So six weeks after I first saw Miki, I went up to her and said, Hey, so what's your deal? I see you here every week. We started hanging out after that, just as friends. We weren't even sure if we were into each other romantically until a couple weeks later. Once love sort of just happened, without either of us seeking it out in each other, Miki told me she'd be returning to Japan in three months. We both decided, what the hell, we'll date until three months comes to a close. Six months after she left back home to Japan, I visited her there, and impromptu, we got married. Fourteen months later, we were together again, living in San Francisco. Timothy looked across the table at Miki and sarcastically remarked in a baby voice, The best foundation for love you can have is friendship. Right, Miki? Miki looked back at her husband with an exaggerated pouting face. Right, Timothy? While I waited for Timothy to find his hard drive full of his digitized VHS films and home videos from his teen years, I looked down at Hayes Valley from his top-floor apartment. The beer garden bustled below at the corner of Hayes and Octavia. I took a sip of red wine as I turned and noticed Timothy plugging in the hard drive into his iMac. He scrolled through a long list of video files until he stopped on one labeled Bodega Bay Vacation. He double-clicked and up popped a QuickTime screen. It was our two families on vacation nearly 15 years ago. Me, Timothy, and Miki hunched over the computer, laughing at the younger, naiver versions of ourselves. I had a high-pitched voice, much lighter hair, 
and a large gap between my two front teeth. It was my prepubescent self. Those were the times not only where Danny Tanner moments were still on air, but also when they seemed more relevant and more profound to me. Love and sexuality were not part of the equation yet. Now the illusion of life as fair and bending toward a certain positive solution was gone. All I could take now were lessons that might help me find some piece of happiness. I said goodbye to Timothy and Miki at the door to their apartment and thanked them for dinner and their stories. Once outside, I set my iPod to Passion Pit's latest release, Take a Walk, and set forward down Hay Street, back home to the Fillmore. <laughs>